Well, welcome to the Hunt Back Country podcast. This is episode number 362, and we are continuing a series of shows that we're doing before and after the hunt. Today, we're speaking with Justin before he heads into his hunting season, primarily targeting archery elk, but actually after this conversation happened, he had a few more hunting opportunities come about for him and his wife, and it's going to be great to hear how their hunts go later this fall. Justin had reached out uh, several months ago, and we did record this podcast a while before the season kicked off, but he shared that it is his third year of hunting big game in Idaho, and it's just been a massive learning curve. He's always trying to listen to podcasts and gain as much information as he can. He says that already he feels like hunting in a way has kind of changed his life. It pushes him every day to try and be a better version of himself, both physically and mentally. We talk about those topics and more in today's podcast. And guys, I say this all the time, like that I enjoyed this conversation or enjoyed this episode, but that is extra true today. It was such a fun one and really just encouraging. It was so cool to hear Justin's story and can't wait to hear how his hunts go as well. As always, guys, if you are enjoying this show, it would help us tremendously if you could just share it with a friend or leave a rating or review in whatever podcast app that you're using. Also, if you want to get in contact with us directly, just send an email to podcast at exomongear.com. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer on a future Q&A show, look for the link in the show description that says leave us a message and ask us your question there. Right now, guys, let's get into this conversation with Justin. Well, Justin, welcome to the Hunts Back Country podcast. I'm excited to chat with you, man. Yeah, definitely uh, excited to be on here. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, we were just chatting before uh, before we really started with the podcast, and you touched on something that I've said before to encourage listeners. But I want to like hear about your experience and and pull this thread. You were saying that you just listened to one of our recent podcasts. Uh, and I don't know how recent it is by the time this show will be released, but yeah. I think it was the one with Cliff Gray, the former guide and outfitter. Is that the one you're referring yep. to? Okay. Yep. So that, that podcast, um, shoot, let me look, dang it. In case listeners are here and I think it's 347, maybe, um, no, I lied 346 and it's called successful elk hunters do this, not that, um, so you just mentioned to me like, man, I wish I would have heard that podcast before because it it reinforced like some lessons or highlighted some things you've done wrong in the past. And that's the thread I want to pull on. Yeah. When like, it's super easy to listen to podcasts and I even do this myself, like a good example would be, um, you know, anytime I'm hunting a species for the first time, like I'm going on a mountain goat hunt. So I can hear people talk about hunting mountain goats, finding mountain goats, judging mountain goats in the field, et cetera, et cetera. All that information is helpful, but the, the magic really happens when you pair information with experience, which sounds like a very basic duh idea, but also experience doesn't have to be successful. So maybe it's yeah. information paired with, uh, experiences of mistakes. So that's what I'm really curious to hear about with you. How did that podcast land? And then specifically, how did it tie into experiences you've had? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of just to start with a little bit of background was last hunt season combined between deer and elk. Um, I bounced around a lot to multiple different areas. And the one thing that really stuck, stuck, um, stuck with me from that podcast is that a lot of the successful elk hunters, they've got two drainages that they will know like the back of their hand and they will kind of really hone in on one small area of this grand unit and focus in on it to know, okay, the elk aren't in here this day, but they're going to be here, you know? And, uh, the mistake that I really made last hunt season was bouncing around to different units. And I almost like you would call it during hunting season. I did my scouting instead of doing my scouting beforehand. I was like, Oh, let's go check this unit. Let's go check this unit. Let's go here. Let's try this. But mm-hmm. I did it during hunt season. Um, so in 2021 during the hunt season, I actually hunted 17 days and, um, combined, I, I, I hunted in seven different units here in Idaho. Cause oh, wow. you know, in, in Idaho, we've got, um, through the general, general deer, you know, you got a, a bunch of opportunities being a resident. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my actual elk unit elk zone that I hunted, sorry, uh, com- combined, it had three different units in it. So, um, yeah, so combined between the two, it was, uh, 17 days and seven different units. And, and if you can imagine, you know, I, I kind of look back on that and I was listening to the podcast and like, I just envisioned someone looking down on me, you know, like almost watching me go through that. And I probably look like a ping pong across the state of Idaho. <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. Yeah. This, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so that's, that's probably one of my biggest mistakes that I made last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time with that mistake, I learned so much about different terrain, um, how animals, move throughout terrain, what areas I need to be in at what time. Um, it was a massive learning curve. And of those 17 days, you know, I encountered animals. I think it was 15 of those 17. Um, so that was a, that was a solid, you know, I, I, that to me, I I looked as a win, right. Because I'm seeing animals, um, never connected on an animal or even had a shot on an animal, but, um, just being able to see them and see how they move throughout the terrain was a massive win, you know, for me and confidence builder going into this season. Yeah. So let me ask you then you're seeing animals on 15 to 17 days, probably call it in six of the seven units that you hunted. So why were you moving if you were seeing animals? Like, what was it that you're like, yeah, I had some encounters or saw something, but I'm going to rip up camp or, you know, give up on not only this drainage, but this unit and like go search for grass being green or somewhere else? Yeah, that's a great question. So on my elk unit, um, I hunted archery elk last year. And in that I dedicated a week. Um, I stayed in the same unit, um, kind of in the same general area. We found elk, um, we got into elk. And then um, I hunted, it was, I believe it was five days straight on that. Um, four of the five days encountered elk. Um, and but just never kind of had that opportunity. Once my elk hunt ended, then it was kind of like a, you know, throw, throw everything at it. And then I kind of turned into like a weekend warrior. I had a day here, a day here and, Mm -hmm. um, and just didn't have a ton of time to be able to, um, go in and camp in an area. Like I'd, I'd go over the weekend just one day or, 
you know, try to get out in an evening hunt or, you know, try to just do what I could to be out in the field. And a lot of the areas I went, I didn't really have that. I didn't dedicate the time that I needed to, um, to actually continue in the same areas. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. And, you know, it's different to like, um, being a resident versus a non-resident, I think, and how that even influences what Cliff was talking about in that podcast of, I think it's as relevant, if not more relevant sometimes for non-residents to not bounce around because they don't have the experience to go scout or they don't have the opportunity to, it sounds like what you just did say, okay, I got a day and a half. Let me just bomb into this country and check it out. Right. Yeah. Um, So it almost becomes, it almost may seem counterintuitive, but it's almost like the less time you have, the more you should commit to an area. As yes. long as that area is showing some level of promise, right? Like definitely not advocating for not only not seeing animals, but not seeing sign and just like chasing your tail. Like, don't be afraid to give up on a spot after two, three, four days. If you're just legit, not seeing any signs of hope, right? Um, obviously. So I think honestly, what you said makes a ton of sense and could be a good strategy if you have the access to do it and you're a resident or, um, you're, you know, just hunting an area that is somewhat accessible, but you're short on time is treating it as, yeah, let me go check out seven spots this fall. And the goal is to learn a bit about seven spots and see if you want to invest more in those in the future. And maybe you're going to fill a tag along the way. Maybe you won't, but it's almost like, uh, paying your dues in a way to check out seven different spots, especially (laughs) when you are short on time and you can just kind of bomb through some country and check it out. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was looking at was, um, you know, I'm a dad and ultimate, you know, goal in life is to do all my research now, you know, we haven't gotten into it yet, but kind of newer to hunting and I want to do all my research now. So when my kids are of age of hunting, you know, I'll kind of know all the ins and outs of having that experience of, you know, killing some animals packing animals out, but also finding animals, you know, because I want it to be an enjoyable, successful time for my kids. So, um, there's a part of me that when I was doing it last year, it was like, yeah, I'm going to go check out this area. I'm going to check out this area. Um, wish I would have done it before season, you know, because Mm -hmm. then I probably would have, you know, been a little more honed in as to exactly where I wanted to go. Um, but you know, with, with the schedule and the, the opportunities I had, I just wanted to, 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 get as many, as many days with boots on the ground that I could. And, uh, you know, just, just learn like, okay, do I need, you know, do I need to put in five miles here? What do I need to do in order to one see animals? And then from there, you know, that's a whole nother realm of once you see the animals of <laughs> that I haven't even gotten to experience yet, but, um, you know, here, here nor there, it's, uh, um, you know, just it, it last season was a massive learning opportunity for me. And, um, hopefully it's going to lead into this season of having that confidence of knowing that I can at least find animals. Right. So now I can take my strategies and lessons into the next level of taking that one step further. Yeah. I found deer. Yeah. I found elk. That's great. Now it's time to go harvest them. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Did you learn anything or like have any takeaways on when you do have limited time to go check out country, whether that's pre-season or in this case, it was obviously during the season, but basically I have a day and a half and I'm headed into new country. What's the best way to use that time? 
Did you feel like you learned anything or developed any strategies for that? You know, it's still a growing area for me, for sure. Um, I spent some time last season um, hunting solo. Um, hunting solo is a whole new mental curve um, that you have to get over. Um, I think it's it's equally as mentally challenging as it is, you know, physically. Um, just pushing yourself to what you need to do. Um, and, you know, some of those days I found myself, you know, coming out earlier than I should, or, um, you know, not putting in as much effort as I should have, um, you know, because I was solo or, um, you know, some of those days too, I also had took my kids out, you know, cause I wanted them to kind of experience it and see it. So I think that's an area I'm still learning. Um, and working on is, you know, actually getting the most out of my time when I'm out there. Does that make sense? Did I answer that question? Yeah, it makes total sense, man. So I threw you into, uh, like those kind of deep topics and questions right away. And we <laughs> did it cover backstory. That was partially intentional. The hitting that thread was intentional, not, not covering your backstory, but let's back up. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you've been hunting a few years in Idaho yet to fill a tag. That's kind of the big picture of your, your hunting journey, hunting story. Did you grow up hunting at all or what, you know, I guess add to that, like, what is your background and context for hunting? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the first season that I, you know, hunted was 2020. Um, so this will be coming in my third, uh, let me, let me back that up. The first season that I've, you know, elk or deer hunted, um, I grew up, probably at the age of like 12, um, grew up down, uh, near Southern California. Um, and the, we had a very limited opportunities for hunting, um, where we lived and we could get down in the desert Valley and go hunt dove, you know, maybe find some quail and then ducks. Um, and so I would hunt maybe once, once a year, go out for the dove opener. And that was kind of the extent growing up, um, until I was about, 18, 19. Um, then I had a buddy that introduced me to duck hunting. And from there, um, the opportunities to duck hunt in Southern California are extremely limited. You've got a refuge that you go on, um, that's crowded with people. And, you know, it's, uh, looking back on it, it I, I can't believe I did it for all those years that I did. Um, cause it's just extremely regulated, ton of people, ton of pressure. Um, usually it's hot out too. Um, you're sitting in the desert on, on a pond and, um, hunting could be good at times, but, um, you know, the, just the opportunities, you know, for hunting were extremely limited growing up in Southern California. When I was, uh, 17 years old, I actually had a buddy who was like, Hey, I want to kill a deer, you know, never, you know, or I want to deer hunt is what I told him. And he was like, oh, I'll take you up to an area tomorrow. And I bet we can get you a deer. And, uh, so when I was 17, we, we walked in this area and probably walked a mile in and sure enough, right where he said there was going to be a deer sitting, there was a deer sitting and I shot a little forky buck at, um, you know, at 30 yards. And that, that was all the extent of, uh, really deer hunting, you know, that I had, <laughs> You're had. Like, this is so easy. <laughs> like, it's easy. It's cool. You know, uh, looking back, that was, uh, what almost, I guess it was 15 years ago now or more than 15 years ago, but, um, yeah. And, and then I, you know, I tried, um, tried to get on some public land and do a little more deer hunting. Um, just got burned out because the opportunities were extremely limited, um, as far as accessible land, 
and mm-hmm. um, you'd always run into people. And, you know, finally I just got burned out. I said, you know what, I'm just going to focus on duck. So I did that for a number of years. And then um, the opportunity, um, well, I'm trying to think of how I want to go about this, but um, the opportunity to eventually move uh, came up um, due to some, you know, just, just California and uh, what, what that entails. I don't want to, you know, get into too much here, but um, the opportunity came up to move and, you know, I immediately threw out a mountain state um, just cause that's something that I've always loved is a, you know, kind of Idaho um, always been intrigued with Idaho, always been intrigued with hunting immediately. My mind went to hunting um, and, and we came visited and, you know, the opportunity kind of presented itself. Um, but how I really started to get in to hunting, um, and my journey towards hunting, um, was, um, in 2000, I think it was 2018. Um, we had cut the cable bill and, you know, we no longer had a TV and, um, you know, we were just kind of sitting there one day and I was like, let's check out YouTube. Let's see what everyone always says. They watch, you know, these YouTube videos and never really put much effort into, you know, watching TV. It wasn't really a priority of mine or anything, you know? And I was like, we were bored one summer day and was like, let's check this out. Let's go to YouTube. And somehow I landed on, uh, it's going to sound super cliche, but landed on, uh, you know, land of the free. And I was like, man, this is awesome. These guys are literally cruising um, these guys are literally, you know, they're, they're back country elk hunting. Like, this is cool. And, uh, I've always grown up as a kid on Saturday mornings. I didn't watch cartoons. I'd watch hunting, you know? And so I always knew what elk hunting was. I always was kind of intrigued by it always, but never, never thought I'd ever have the opportunity to get to hunt. And, uh, and, you know, and then here I am watching this and, you know, summer 2018 and my wife's like, you know, there's an elk screaming on the TV and I was like, what are you watching? You know, I'm like, this is amazing. Check this out, you know? And so she starts watching it. She gets into it, you know? And then, uh, 2019 rolls around and, um, you know, California just goes downhill with some, with some legislation and stuff. Um, we just kind of threw out, you know, started looking at States that we could potentially live in based on, you know, what our beliefs were and, and what we kind of wanted for our kids and to grow up and stuff. And, um, we're like, yeah, let's go check out Idaho. And so we did and came up and came up 4th of July and immediately fell in love with it. And, you know, me not knowing any better, I'm like, I know there's elk around here. You know, we drove, we put 700 miles on the rental car and, um, in one weekend and we were driving through the mountains and stuff. And I was like, I know there's elk. I want to see an elk, you know, yeah. never got to see an elk on that trip. But, um, you know, shortly after that, we decided we were going to move here and, uh, And that just led with that passion of, you know, like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to really get into hunting and I'm going to pursue this. And, you know, these are, these are going to be my goals. Um, and that, you know, with those goals of hunting has led to goals of, um, you know, me be getting in better shape, you know, and, uh, just trying to be, be in better shape, both physically and mentally. And, you know, um, I don't know how you want to, I think I kind of mentioned some of this to you, but, um, if I'm rambling on, stop me, you know, or, you're good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, uh, you know, I'm looking at, I'm watching, you know, guys on, uh, 
you know, on YouTube, you know, doing as much research as I possibly can diving in this and probably driving my wife crazy. Cause you know, I've watched so many hunting videos and, uh, you know, she love her to death, but you know, I'm sure there's a part of her that's like, man, Justin, you know, you've been watching a lot of hunting videos in the evenings or, you know, whatever, but <laughs> she's gotten into it with me, you know, which is kind of cool. Um, but I'm watching these guys and I'm seeing, you know, guys that are older than me that are in really good shape. And, uh, you know, it's pushed me to be better, um, yeah. for sure. Thinking, all right, if these guys can do it, what's my excuse? You know, I don't have an excuse to not be in good shape, to not be out here doing it and to not be pushing myself, um, to be the best version of myself that I can be. Love it, man. Like it, uh, there's so much in there that is just so cool to be honestly reminded of because in a way my journey has been very similar in the sense that when I committed to like really pursuing hunting, it, it changed me as a person. Um, and so I've been through that like process of realizing that me deciding to really commit to pursuing hunting was going to change me mentally. It was going to force me to get out of my comfort zone. Like you were talking about, like even with your solo hunting and learning lessons there changed me physically and how committed I was to not only getting in shape for the hunt now, but like just remain someone who's capable for years and decades to come. And, uh, drove drove my wife nuts with the videos and all that. So like, (laughs) dude, it's, uh, I'm a little bit further down that road, but it's like really cool to even reconnect with like where you're at on that journey. Yeah. Um, because it, it's such a cool thing, man, that like you can take something like hunting and if you do it right, I don't mean do it right. Like hunt well, but like, yeah, if you integrate it into your life in the right way, it can be so beneficial to you like as a man, as a husband, as a father, it could be terrible for all those things too. Right. Like it could be a distraction (laughs) and take away from the rest of your life, or it could really benefit your life. Um, so it's just cool, man. It's cool to hear where you're at and even thinking of like how much you've already invested in, in time, like a few seasons now, but even choosing to move to a state that gave you opportunity and all that. Like when you, when you connect with that elk now, how meaningful is that going to be? And how cool is it going to be to know how much went into that? And not to take away like anything from that first deer you killed, for example, yeah. but what a drastic comparison of like oh my gosh, yeah, a, your buddy going, Hey, I know we can go get a deer tomorrow. And you walk up there and there is one there where he said there was going to be one there and you shoot one. Like, that's cool. But like, if you think of this multi-year journey now of even life change, that's going to then culminate in you getting an arrow and elk and putting your hands on that, dude, that's going to mean so much more. It's gonna be so cool. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and like, even almost like with you saying that it almost gives me chills. And, um, I was talking to a a buddy of mine who I'm training with this morning on that too. Like, you know, there's a part of me that kind of thinks I'm crazy that I want to go down the archery journey. And, um, you know, there's probably guys out there that are going to say, Hey, you should just go, you should just go for the first time, like just take your rifle and, you know, there might be some better success or better odds. Um, but 
I fell in love with elk hunting last season. You know, when you walk in, I walked in opening morning and um, we got in, you know, a few miles in and right first thing, you know, we kind of ripped off a locator bugle and the whole canyon just came alive. And, uh, and then all of a sudden two bulls are fighting and elk are screaming. And I'm like, this is hands down one of the coolest experiences I've ever encountered. Yeah. And, and it sunk, you know, it just, I knew right away that I will do whatever it takes to connect with an elk with, with a bow. Um, that's my number one goal. My number one, you know, like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of self doubt, second guessing that I do of like, man, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah, you should just go and, and, you know, maybe go tag along and rifle hunt. But, uh, man, I want that archery elk so bad. Yeah, dude, I love it. Yeah. Just do what, do what you want, man. Like if, if you're committed to archery and you feel like it's selling it short to try and do it an easier way, then just stay true to you. Right. Like my, yeah, just getting caught up on archery versus rifle in general is I think a, a silly like debate when you're talking about what other people should do <laughs> or what's quote unquote better, because it's a, it's a personal decision. My yeah. story is a few years of struggle and then killing my first elk with a bow personally i wouldn't want to change that like now having killed some elk with a rifle more recently um and that coming after my experiences with a bow and the years of struggle that went into that i I, i'm kind of glad like i yeah yeah, for me i don't want to change it like it's a everything i said about how meaningful it's going to be for you with this first one with everything that's gone into it like that was essentially my story with my first elk uh, multiple years, literally down to the last moments of daylight, essentially on the last day of a seven day hunt, a few years into this and that's awesome. like doing it at like feet away. Like it was probably six or seven yards. Like th- there's nothing I would change about it. Oh, that's um, so, cool. so yeah, I'm just super excited, man, of, of the journey that you're on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun journey, you know, and, and, uh, you touched on it really well of just, it, this journey, it's much more than, you know, killing an elk. It's, it's, you know, I, my alarm every morning, you know, wakes up or when I wake up early to go work out or something, it's choose your heart. Um, the mountains don't care. That's the label that reads when my alarm goes off because, you know, like choose your heart, right. It's going to be hard right now to get up, go work out. But if you don't three months from now, it's going to be way harder when you're up in those mountains and you know, they're kicking your butt and you're wanting to give up because you're tired, you know, or something like that. And and the mountains don't care, you know, like they don't, the mountains are the mountains and you're just, you're just passing through. And, uh, so you better be in the best shape you could be in, in order to be successful in those mountains. And, uh, and, and, you know, you gotta, you gotta put the work in. And, uh, if you, if you cut, I've learned over the last couple of years that if you cut short on working out, or if you cut short on the training, um, it's going to be exposed real quickly, you know? Yeah. So you feel like given prior years of experience that your physical capability has been a limiting factor essentially, and how efficiently you could hunt or how much ground you could cover. What does that look like? You know, I don't necessarily think it's been a limiting factor. Um, the physical side of it. Yeah. There's definitely room for improvement. Um, 
I'm on a pretty big, you know, fitness journey that I've been on for the last four years. Um, and you know, I, there's always room for improvement, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to kind of touch on that was, uh, woke up January 3rd, 2018, um, jumped on a scale. My daughter weighed four months old and, uh, jumped on a scale. I weighed 294 pounds. And, uh, and immediately that day I was like, I need to do something. Um, I want to, in order to be a good dad, in order to chase my kids at the ball fields or do whatever I need to do, I need to, I need to do something. So I just started running, forced myself to run. Um, it hurt like, you know what? Um, cause I was way overweight and you know, I, I would do some hikes here and there, but nothing like a, a regular, um, workout. And, um, so when I started that, I just, you know, forced myself to go run and, uh, put on a decent amount of miles that year, um, and started eating right, stopped, um, you know, I was also partying leading up to those times with, with buddies and stuff like that. And, you know, cut a lot of that stuff out and started eating right. Started, you know, just kind of focusing on me to get in better shape. And, uh, that first year, I think it was 40 pounds that I lost in one year. Um, and then since then it's just been a journey of, you know, continuing to work out, continuing to, to get better. Um, this year I set a goal for myself for, I don't know. Am I jumping into this too early or is that all right? No, dude. I love it. It's great. Okay, cool. Uh, so, um, I, you know, um, this year I set a goal out for myself. Um, I'm, I'm a believer in setting goals. Uh, my number one goal that I wrote down for myself this year was killing health. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and my second goal I wrote was I'm going to run hike, um, maybe throw in a little bit of mountain biking, but do 10 miles a week with working out three days a week to achieve those 10 miles a week. Um, plus throwing some gym here and there. So, um, so I've, and I've stuck to that, you know, as we sit here today, I think I'm just over, I think this is the 20th week of the year and, um, I'm just over 240 miles. I think I'm at like 242 for the year. Um, and I've consistently done that with running and, and or hiking. Um, and then, um, and then I recently went on a bear hunt. I got invited with a couple buddies and, uh, um, leading into it, one of the guys was like, dude, you need to get in good shape, you know? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'll be good. I've never, I've never gone into a hunt, you know, like I've, I've elk hunted, I've deer hunted, you know, and I've climbed some pretty good elevation. I've kept up, you know, like I'll be fine, you know? Um, and looking back on having that mentality, I think that that kind of, um, limited on how much I was training and I was thinking, yeah, you know what I'm running, you know, I'll be, I'll be okay. Um, and I'm the type of person where I'm just going to grit it out, you know, it's going to suck, but I'm going to grit it out and I'm not going to give up. And, uh, you know, and I was like, I'll keep up, you know, I might be coming slower, but you know, I'll be fine. Well, we got into this country for bears and <laughs> I was the slowest one of the three and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, <laughs> and we're climbing through stuff and, you know, and, and, uh, and I eventually ended up missing a bear after we kind of did a, a stock on it, you know, climbing over deadfall, climbing through some stuff that, you know, to me, it was, you know, it was a little bit gnarly of country, you know, some of the, probably some of the, the, you know, the, the bigger country that I've personally been in at this point, um, you know, you're post holding through snow, you're climbing over deadfall, you're climbing through bushes, all that stuff that really takes a toll on you. And, uh, you know, and we get an opportunity to put a stock on a bear and these guys are like, Hey, you've never killed anything. You know, this is your bear. Well, 
Um, I just made a mental error on the shot. I shot right over its back and uh, missed that bear. That was my first opportunity. First time I really had an animal in my scope that I was wanting to pull the trigger on. You know, I've had a couple really, I've had a couple small deer in my scope, but this was the first opportunity where I'm like, okay, here it is. Here it is, Justin. You've been, you've been training. What was that mental error? But something very specific or just like a general rushed it type thing? No, I just miscalculated. Um, I had recently changed up the loads on, on the rifle that I, I'm shooting and uh, changed them up just a little bit. And uh, I don't know that I had it fully dialed in um, and kind of made a mental error and held over just a little too high um, when I shouldn't have. Uh, shot was at 400 yards and um i held over you know i basically i held over i forget looking back at it but um i i essentially had the the crosshairs sitting just over his back and uh and, i mean that's where it went you know shot you know a few inches right over his back and that bear took off and man that that feeling of defeat was uh that was a big one i was bummed and um and you know it kind of took the wind out of my sails for the rest of that hunt um, just cause I knew like this was my opportunity, you know, and, and I kind of was really hard on myself for failing, you know, and, uh, and looking back, you gotta, you gotta shake those off, you know, you gotta be able to shake those off, keep going. Um, but being that it was my first one, that one was, you know, hard to shake off and, um, and then it was, you know, kind of a grueling hike out of there where that bear was back to our camp. Um, that was the first time I'd actually, uh, had camp on my back um, camped up in the mountains and, uh, first you, you'd call it backcountry hunt, um, that I'd actually done. I'd, I bought all the gear, you know, last year for it, never got the opportunity to do it last year, but, um, you know, I'd just sleep at the trailhead if I was by myself or something, but this was the true backcountry hunt. Um, did you love it look, or hate it? I loved it, man. I <laughs> absolutely loved it because I was one of those that I listened to your guys' podcast and I listened to way too much details that, um, and I'm a believer in buy once, cry once. Right. So, uh, I didn't really skimp out on gear and looking back on that bear hunt that I had this April, um, the biggest takeaway was my gear, 100% confident in it. Um, I'm, I wouldn't change a thing besides add a little titanium cup that the other guys had that they were able to, you know, boil some water in or something like that. I didn't bring one. You know, that was a, yeah. you know, that was a really one thing that I look back and I'm like, oh, I need to add one of those, you know? Do you mean like and, separate uh, from like your stove, like separate from a jet boil or yeah, something? Yeah, separate from jet boil. Yeah, just something to have coffee in, in the morning or, you know, something like that. But So super quick rundown when you say this is your first time, but, you know, listening to podcasts, whether that's ours or doing other research, what have you, like now I'm just curious. I'm sure some listeners are curious, what decisions did you make? So can you do like a quick rundown of the big stuff, shelter, sleep system, yeah, uh, footwear, like what, you know, what do you basically just kind of high level, what do you have that obviously worked well for you and you're happy with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously the pack, you know, um, I, I actually started off with a used K2 that I bought, um, you know, just knowing that man, getting into hunting is a massive amount of money. Um, (laughs) rifle bow, all your gear, right. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a massive amount of money. Fortunately, I got out of a hobby that I was once in. So I had some money that, you know, I could invest into everything. And I knew, like I said, going into it, I wanted to go all in. Well, the opportunity came up, um, to buy a used K2. Uh, it was the 35, 
3,500, I believe it was. Um, and been a great pack. You know, I've done a lot of training miles, everything with it. And then you guys actually just had your, um, blemish sale and I picked up the 4,800 bag, which I'm really glad I did. Um, because it turned out I needed that space, um, that I didn't have. And, um, so, so I've got the 4,800 bag, um, still have the K2 frame, which that's going to be upgraded here soon. Um, and then for 10, uh, I knew I wasn't, I needed, I knew I kind of like knowing my experience in the backcountry, haven't really done it much that just mentally I wanted a tent. Um, I see a lot of guys that, uh, you know, like kind of like what Steve runs with, a like a tarp and a bivy that mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I don't think I'm going to like that. You know, yeah. I know I move around. And, um, so I ended up getting the big Agnes, the tiger wall, ultralight tent, um, the two person great tent pretty lightweight, um, for me, you know, it worked out. Um, and then we ended up going with a 20 degree quilt as my, um, bag knowing something like, I don't like to be constricted. Um, so a bivy was not something that I'd want and nor is a, you know, a mummy bag. Um, so, uh, I'd have to look and find out what the brand is, uh, cause I'm kind of drawing a blank right now, but it was one that you guys had recommended and I went with the 20 degree, uh, quilt might also pick up a, you know, a heavier one for some later season stuff. Um, but it got cold on that hunt and I just had a puffy jacket, even threw puffy pants on below that quilt. And I was totally, I was actually almost warm, slept great, uh, slept great that night in the back country, which I was kind of stoked on, um, when I was tired, but two, you know, I, it, it was a good night of sleep. Um, and then boots, uh, I was running the crispy Colorado's those fit my feet pretty good. Um, and so I, I kind of liked that stiffer type of boot. Hadn't tried really anything else besides boots. You know, I walked into a local hunting store here in Idaho one day and I, I'd, I'd gotten to know, um, the guy that worked, ran that. And, um, and I was talking to him about boots one day and he, I just, you know, he was like, dude, just try them all on, you know, you're sitting here. We've got five options. Just start trying them on. So I did. And I walked around the store and I was in there for you know a good amount of time. I was in there for over an hour, just trying boots on in the store and eventually landed on those ones. Cause they fit my, fit my feet the best. Um, and then what else? Any other gear you want me to touch on or. No, I think that's good, man. Yeah. Just kind of those, those bigger items. It's always good to hear what works for sure. Yeah, for sure. Bouncing back from that missed shot. Yep. I think there's just a natural, it takes a little bit of time. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> been there, done there, but been there, done that. Um, that said, any other, like, what did you learn from that or any other ways that you kind of on this side of it with some time past look back at it of how you would maybe encourage other guys who've missed or how you'll handle mistakes in the future because unfortunately i have to tell you they're going to happen again um yep yeah yeah anything along those lines yeah i mean the biggest thing is uh do what you can to get out of that mental um that mental barrier that you've put yourself in with that um you know like it just the guys that i was hunting with they'll probably even they would vouch for me of just saying like man like you know like it sucked the life out of me you know and uh to where i was pretty bummed and i knew like um, just kind of going through a rotation, like 
you know, we're going to have to see a few bears now, or we're going to have to, you know, in order for that to come back. And, um, you got to stay out of that mental looking back. You got to get out of that mental barrier and just keep on the, on the goal. Um, and just keep grinding, you know, um, and, and do what you can. It's, it's going to be tough to get out of your head, you know, but, um, like I even text my wife on the inreach and, uh, you know, I just said, I just missed a bear and, you know, her response was just, you know, all caps, no, with a bunch of O's. And I was like, yep. I failed, you know, <laughs> all this work that I've put in. <laughs> and I think that podcast that we actually just referenced too with the uh, elk one, it talked about that social pressure. And uh, yeah. that's a huge one, man. It's, yeah. it's a big, big deal of, you know, I've got a bunch of friends here that they don't hunt. And, you know, and then my kids like coming home to my kids after a hunt, they're like, dad, did you get one? And you're like, no, nah, I didn't, you know, like, that feeling is, is, a uh, you know, there, there's pressure there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what's crazy about that shot on that bear was like, I got my gun set up to where I was so comfortable. Um, you know, I have a bipod that I put on, I got a Spartan precision bipod, um, clip that in. I had a rest or I had a little, um, I think I had my puffy right behind me on the butt of the gun. Um, the gun was set up so comfortable. Um, to where it wasn't like I pulled the shot, I had time to sit there and, you know, dry fire on the, on the bear just to get ready. Mm -hmm. And, um, when it came down to it, I just miscalculated it and, uh, you know, and, and looking back, I was like, you know, dang it, that small mental error. And I don't know if it, if I did that mental error because I was tired from that hike of stalking on that bear or, or if it was just that, you know, I didn't, I didn't somehow just mess that up, you know? So, um, you gotta, you gotta take on those situations, looking back, you gotta take those wins of, I set the gun up, right. You know, I was comfortable. I didn't rush the shot. Um, all these, all these things that you did, right. That's what you need to focus on rather than the actual missing. Yep. That's like, dude, that's a great, great point, man. Great point. Have you, are you, uh, this sounds like a weird question. Do you like to read? Do you, are you a book reader? uh not so much so, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to force myself to right like yeah. less screen time more reading okay. um yeah and i'm trying to that was actually another goal i had for myself was to read five books this year okay well let me tell you let me tell you what one of your five should be then okay uh, i just read this book and actually i i very well may reach out and see if i can chat with this author for the podcast it sounds like nothing like his book he's probably like why is a dude from a hunting podcast contacting me you probably won't nice. get the link, but um, this book was called Chatter. And so okay. it's all about like basically your inner voice and the danger of it and how to harness it for good, basically. Um, nice. And so this guy's like a, you know, a researcher, a psychologist, whatever. Um, it kind of takes a deep dive on basically our, our inner voice, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we frame problems, all that. And so me, for me, that really tied to um like to put it in terms we've used more on the podcast like mental toughness right so mm-hmm. everything from what you mentioned earlier about struggling with solo hunting and coming out too early and dealing with that to bouncing back from making mistakes like on this bear hunt and missing the bear and then how do you deal with that how do you get out of your head how do you turn that situation etc and 
so this guy's it was just a really actually pretty easy read even though this guy has a lot of science and research he ties it well to stories um and then literally i just finished it this this week so that's why it's fresh in my mind but nice the first half of the book is all of that it's all the the science and the theory and research and he does along the way tie in some uh call it like practical tools then to like harness your chatter, harness your inner voice, your dialogue, et cetera. But then what I've found beneficial is basically he does that for half the book. And then the second half of the book, he, he ties it into like more practical application. So those things he mentioned in the, the first half of the book with research of like, Hey, this technique is helpful. He's then mm-hmm. like laying that back out and going back through it to make it more practical to apply. Um, nice. So anyway, if, if yeah. you already have a goal to read a few books, I would say make it one to okay. read this one. And then, yeah, legit, I'm going to probably try and get him on the show. So maybe I can chat with him further. But I, it yeah. really does apply to a lot of what you just said and really just the struggles yep. that we all go through on these hunts. For sure. Yeah. One of the books I have actually already read this year, um, it's called Winning the War in Your Mind, uh, Changing Your Thinking, Change Your, change your Thinking, Change Your Life. Oh, yeah. Uh, and same, it's along those same lines, you know, you gotta, it, it's crazy to think about it, but you know, your mental strength, it, it, it's a strength, right. And you have to actually work at that to change your mindset to, you know, to be the best, um, to have that best mental strength that you need to be one, a good person to push yourself farther, um, to, to be that good dad, to be that good husband. Um, but also, you know, that, mental toughness that you need of getting over obstacles. Awesome. So going into this year, what's, yeah. uh, since this is part one of a podcast, and we'll chat with you later this year and hear how your hunts went. What are you, what are you looking at for this year? Do you know specific uh, as you goals, tags, plans? What's that look like? Yeah. Um, I guess first off, you know, starting off for this year was I got off that bear hunt and knew right away I needed to do some stuff to, uh, physically to get in some better shape. Um, so I started working out with a trainer. Actually, he's a good friend of yours, uh, Will Myers and, um, doing one to two days a week there. And, uh, it's, it's been awesome. Been doing that for about a month and a half now. Um, and I'm going to ramp it up to a couple days a week, week in the season. Um, and then also adding in the, you know, more hiking, heavy hiking, stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing physically to prepare. Um, and I'm still up in the air as far as exactly what I'm going to do. Um, basically, you know, leading into the season, my goal is my number one goal is to kill an elk. Um, ideally I want to do that archery. Um, but I'm trying to just find the opportunity where I'll be able to go hunt with some guys, um, to either tag along or have guys come help me if I get a tag, um, in an area that I really want to go this year. Um, cause I don't really want to do it solo. It, it's not as fun for me. Um, so I'm just kind of exploring options right now and, you know, seeing what I can, you know, where I can be, uh, fortunately being a resident in Idaho, we've got some time to, uh, still decide. Um, you know, we've got, it's mid July basically that, that the tags go on sale. So, um, I still got, you know, as we're recording right here, I still got a few weeks to, to plan, but the ultimate goal is, uh, is yeah, to kill an elk. Um, and ideally it's going to be with, 
with a bow in hand and uh, just exactly where I'm going to be. I don't know yet. <laughs> so, and then uh, that's going to lead into obviously, you know, deer, I'll probably hunt, you know, all uh, last year I did actually draw a bow on a, on a buck uh, or I pulled my bow back on a buck. Um, he was really only 25 yards and he was a smaller buck, but he was in velvet, this super cool little deer. Um, but he had a just cottonwood tree sitting right over his vitals. And, uh, and I sat there and held, which was, which was awesome looking back on it. Um, and, you know, learned a lot just from that little experience. Um, just never got to actually release my bow, but you know, I'll deer hunt with my bow if I am out there, you know, elk hunting as well. And the opportunity presents itself, but, uh, most likely probably end up rifle hunting for the year. So. I meant to ask you this earlier, um, when you're talking about hunting with other guys, even last elk season and this bear season, uh, and then obviously you mentioned it in your plans being new to Idaho, you know, as of a few years ago, starting to hunt, learn the area. How did you also then kind of build those relationships or get in touch with other hunters in a way that you're actually headed into the field with guys. Cause that's something we get questions on yeah. quite a bit as well as like, oh, man, I'd love to go hunt with somebody, but I can't find yeah. anybody who's like willing to hunt the way I hunt or, you know, willing to take me and all that stuff. So what does that look like for you? For sure. So last year's archery season, um, I actually got to hunt with a buddy of mine and what's crazy is, is that me and him actually went to elementary school together. Um, and we were really good friends in elementary school. Um, and he had moved up here, you know, 15 years ago, I think. And we kind of reconnected since I moved up here and, um, I tagged along with him in 2020 on his archery elk hunt. And that's what really got me going was I was, you know, I just went along cause I was like, Hey, I want to experience it. You know, I want to just see what this has to offer. Um, we got into elk and, and I, that's where, you know, the addiction kind of came from that. And, uh, last year I got to tag along with him. Um, and it might still work out that we hunt together this year, but we're kind of undecided. He was maybe going to go the rifle route. Um, and I still kind of want to stick with the, you know, the archery route. Um, so that was, that was, you know, my buddy that I hunted elk with, um, like I said, that still might be an opportunity this year. Um, and then believe it or not, the, you know, the guys that I hunted with on bear this spring, uh, one of them, me and him used to work on fishing boats together out of San Diego and same thing. He moved up here five years ago, I think now, uh, four or five years ago. And one day he posts on Instagram and I saw a picture and I was like, that looks like Idaho. And so I reached out to him, sent him a text and I was like, Hey, are you living in Idaho? He's like, yeah, we moved up here, you know, a few months back. And I was like, dude, I just bought a house up there. We're moving. And, uh, so that kind of rekindled that friendship and it's been cool. We've, you know, me and him, we've, um, we've trained together. We worked out together. We've just hung out kids of camp. You know, we've, we've done some, you know, just exploring together, um, and actually got to go hunt together, which was really fun, you know? Um, but same thing, I think he's going to do the rifle route this year as well, too. Um, so that's where I'm, you know, kind of holding out of, uh, <laughs> I've got my goals and might make me crazy, but man, I want to kill an elk with my bow so bad. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. if that means I got to go out, uh, you know, solo a couple days, I, I totally will. Um, you know, but I do know that I've got some resources here in town that, you know, if the opportunity presents, I'm sure I could probably reach out to some guys that, you know, if I need some help out there or something like that, that, you know, they'd be willing to come help or even tag along, you know, on some weekend hunts, they just won't have a bow in their hand, you know? So, so we'll see. Yeah. Know? And just build relationships, you know, um, the guy I'm training with will, 
Um, and I just started going in. He used to work at a hunting, a little hunting shop that's right here, just outside of Boise. And, um, I remember going in there a few years ago for the first time and, you know, I just thought, you know, this is a kind of a boutique hunting store that, that focuses on backcountry gear. That's no longer in business, but you know, I'd go in there and I just started talking to him, you know, and, uh, right off the bat, I always said, I was like, Hey, like, you know, do you mind if I just pick your brain? And, uh, um, he's like, yeah, I said, I'll never ask for any spots. That's not who I am, but I'm going to, you know, if I can pick your brain on certain scenarios, certain opportunities, certain things I should be looking for when I'm trying to find deer or elk. He's like, yeah, totally. You know, so I'd go in there, you know, every couple of weeks and, you know, when I was driving through the area and we just chat and, you know, I'm so thankful for, you know, everything that he's kind of taught me. And, um, he's just been an opportunity for a ton of advice, you know, um, and you know, someone that I, I can just bounce ideas off of. And so that's been good. Yeah. That's great, man. Man, I feel like we've covered so much cool stuff in this conversation and it gets me excited to hear how this year is going to go for you and what other lessons you learn and what experiences you have, but anything else that you want to make sure we hit on or that could be relevant to other guys tuning in who are in similar situations that comes to mind? You know, nothing really, you know, that, that comes to mind, but, um, for me, the whole reason why I kind of wanted to do this. And I think I even said it in my email and I sent you an email on it was, um, sometimes I need those, uh, motivating factors to push me to do harder. And I know for a fact, when it comes September and I got a bow in my hand thinking of the follow-up podcast is going to be in the back of my head, you know, uh, on those days when I want to cut it short or something like that, I'm going to think like, how am I going to tell this on the podcast? Like if I'm, you know, cutting it short on this day. So it's kind of a cool, um, series that you guys are doing. I'm like, I'm excited to see how it plays out. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you got a few other guys and, um, it's, a, it's a cool motivator that I don't know if that was your plan going into it, but, uh, for me, it's definitely, uh, it's going to be that motivation to push a little harder than I probably would, which, which I need every now and again, I need that good, that good butt kick in and that good, you know, motivation to just push me to my potential that I know I can be at, that I won't necessarily put myself at. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. It makes a ton of sense, man. I didn't think of it in that way, but, um, yeah, there'll be, you know, I won't tell you how many ears who are probably going to tune into this and also <laughs> want to hear part two. So it, I don't say it's a few people, right? <laughs> no pressure. No, that is no. cool. Man. I didn't, I didn't honestly didn't think about that originally. So yeah, you know, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's cool. It's cool to have that pressure, you know, of doing it. And, uh, and you know, cause who am I, you know, I'm just a guy that's been trying to hunt for a couple of years that hasn't really put a, an insane amount of effort, you know, but, uh, you know, I've definitely sure, uh, seen a lot of country, seen a lot of animals just have never connected. And, you know, I hope that year three is my year and, uh, you know, big things happen for me this year. I'm, I'm putting in the work right now, trying to learn all I can, trying to be in the best shape I can be, um, shooting my bow a bunch to when that opportunity presents itself. Hopefully, uh, I don't do what I did on my bear. <laughs> so, well, dude, as I always say, man, just enjoy it. Soak it up. Don't obviously don't think about the podcast or pressure. Obviously it's a cool motivator. Like I get where sure. you're coming from, but definitely use it as a, a positive, not like a, yeah. something that's going to weigh you down. And, um, yeah, man, I'm like I said, I think I've said it five times this episode. I'm genuinely excited for the journey that you're on and, uh, can't wait to hear 
what happens this year for you. Thanks, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a big, you know, the biggest thing that I could say to anybody is just, you know, enjoy that journey, you know, enjoy the journey you're on. It's, it's so cool. Like to be able to like, man, I've sat on the top of a ridgeline multiple times, just sitting there. So thankful that, you know, one that I'm, I'm here, you know, like how many people, you know, you can look up from a ridge and you can think, you know, how many people that live here or, you know, that live in this state of Idaho that have never even seen half the stuff that I've already seen in just a few short years. And, um, you know, the journey is so fun, just exploring new areas and, uh, learning and, you know, building yourself to be that better version of yourself. It's enjoy that journey to anybody out there for sure. Well, what a great conversation. I can't wait to hear how the fall goes for Justin and really everyone in the series and many of you. Even if you haven't been part of this podcast or a podcast guest, if you're listening and you have a hunt story for us this fall or even a question that came about from your hunts this fall, reach out, let us know, send an email to podcast at xomoutgear.com or ask us that question using the link in the show description where it says leave us a message. It'd be great to hear from you. We'll talk to you soon.